You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, good morning, everybody. This is Joe, Joe Gavallis with the, uh, with the uh, Safe Senior Hour. And uh, I appreciate uh, you all uh, listening today. We're going to have a very informative show. And uh, I'm sure everybody is uh, out there. I hope you're all safe and healthy. Uh, today we're going to uh, talk about um, frauds, particularly frauds and scams that deal with the coronavirus, which are affecting everybody around the country. And then uh, later in our show, um, a, a guest um, that we've had on before, Melanie McNeil, who was the former national director of the National uh, Long-Term um, Ombudsman's uh, Association, Past president, she's now the head of the of the state of Georgia ombudsman. Just be, uh, we're going to be discussing um, issues about nursing homes, and if people have been reading any articles or have been dealing with um, uh, any any news programs, I was just looking at a at a article online here from the USA Today, and. Um, they address the issue on long-term, talking about the, the virus situation and long-term care homes. And they advised that there were 2 million um, Americans live in long-term care settings. This is from the USA Today um, uh, article I'm reading off the Internet. Long-term care settings, in approximately 15,000 600 federally regulated nursing homes and 28,900 assistant living facilities, and that's according to the CD, uh, CDC. Um, but they went on and said, uh, uh, which I was just shocked about, the number of uh, people who they report have pa- uh, died in the nursing homes, and it was... Um, some um, huge amount, like a lot bigger than what we've been reported here. The headline says um, 16,000 dead from COVID in U.S. nursing homes. Now, I think there's some other statistics that that will differ, but whatever it is, as we all say, one death is one too many. So this kind of concerns us and should concern all in the community. And then on the other side, I was with two individuals this weekend, uh, who told me that uh, two women I was talking to that they just feel so helpless. Their loved ones are in these facilities. They're all the facilities are all locked down. They haven't seen their loved ones in what, seven, eight weeks. I think that's about it. Nine weeks, and they're getting little or no information. Um, I was just talking to a gentleman who feels very, very good that where his dad is, that they are sending out weekly notices to him about how everything is, what's going on. And he said he was able to um, to Skype um, occasionally with his dad. But don't forget, these are people, our loved ones that are in these residents that, you know, nobody can get to them because they have to keep them locked down. Um, and, and in this case, it was a... Um, uh, a, um, I don't know, not assistant living, but a, 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 not a nursing home. I think it's a, a personal care type home where th- they keep them um, 
locked in and they feed get give them their meals and uh, it's um, it's all for the protection of the residents of these long-term uh, care homes whatever they be whether they be assisted living nursing homes or personal care homes so we're gonna we're gonna hear from her and just get some other ideas things that everybody needs to to be aware of both of for protection for your loved ones what's going on in these long-term care homes but things that you can do um, uh, to help the to help your concerns and 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 I know everybody's experienced this because all these nursing homes and long-term care homes are locked down uh, or I always say the majority I can't say all but uh, they 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 should be in order to protect the um, um, our loved ones and people that that are in in, in these type of facilities the uh, the article that that I talked about again, you can you can find it on the um, on the internet, but it's the um, USA Today, and um, and we can talk about and we have spoken about better training, better facility, better um, staffing, uh, and all this goes to concerns, and then all of a sudden the virus hit, and and these concerns just just. Are amplified by by the issue, you know. Um, now, um, the data that the the sixteen thousand also includes not just residents but staffs, and they, we have to remember. And we do this. We say this on all our shows. We want to really give a big thanks out to the, our sta- to the staffs, our healthcare uh, providers. The staffs at, at not only the nursing homes, but these um, these long-term care homes, but the hospital, the doctor staffs. But it can just go down the list. The people who are like people who deliver food, people who work in your in the in the grocery stores and the pharmacies, the delivery people that are delivering. There are people out there working every day, and and we need to thank them. We we appreciate it because you know they have families also, and and. They have to get up and go out and interact in the community, and we, we certainly appreciate it. Just like our first responders, you know, they're the ones that go in. Every day they get up, and before, you know, having been a, 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 a retired federal agent, I have an idea what it's like when you get out and you get up and go out in the morning, and and, and you don't know what you're going to encounter. Obviously, um I'm not equating that to like what a uniformed police officer or sheriff has to do, but you know that was you dealing with criminals or somebody that that could confront you. Here you're dealing with this with this uh, silent uh, uh, deal called the coronavirus, and uh, you know people they want to come home to their loved ones. So my hats off to them, the firefighters, the EMTs. The law enforcement people that are out there, and 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 everybody who supports them, um, it's it's a big big issue, and and affects everybody you know throughout the country, and and we look at it, and I thought it was it was interesting that, um, uh, well I think it's up in either New York or New Jersey where they're actually shutting down the subways at night so they can disinfect the subway cars, uh, which. I, which it, I'm surprised it just it, it might have taken this long to do it, 
But is if anybody's ever had the, the fortunate, or I could say, you know, uh, uh, opportunity to ride a subway, you can understand what that's like. And that's how they move people in these major cities. Um, I know here in Atlanta we have what's called MARTA, and uh, I know they, they go through and, and, and the, the best they can to disinfect the, the cars and the handles. But if, if you've been paying attention, you know, this virus can stay on surfaces. So we, we need to be, uh, we, we need to be uh, concerned about that. And that's why I thought that was a good move to disinfect the, the subway cars, shut it down for several hours. And it sounds like they have a plan to, to address that. But I think that that as we look at this issue, this virus affects a lot of people in a lot of ways. And um, we clearly, clearly need to need to to think about our our health and safety. But unfortunately, we have unscrupulous people out there who are who when they see a situation like this, they want to uh, go ahead and take advantage of people. Um, through the uh, development of uh, frauds or scams, and we've tried to address it. But today we're going to talk about frauds and scams, but go a little bit more about how they relate to to the coronavirus. And um, I'm going to look at read some headlines because it's not just a United States problem. And I know our listeners are all over the world, all over the United States, and obviously all over the world. But this is affecting, I think I heard, what was it, 184 countries? Um, so it's a, it's, uh, it's a worldwide problem, obviously, but it but affects everybody. And unfortunately, these scam artists and fraudsters are all over, the, all over the world, and they will try to take every chance they have to perpetuate a scam or a fraud. And some of the uh, some of the headlines, and this comes from, and I, and I quote it all the time, but I think you all should sign up if you have any interest of keeping track. It's like I think it's a weekly newsletter, but it's called the Baker Fraud Report, and you can go on just just go on the internet and Google it, and or however you 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 hunt it, and Baker Fraud Report, and as he says, news you can use. Um, I'm reading the April thirtieth. Uh, 2020, you can sign up to get these reports so it comes directly to you. But uh, Steve Baker, who does this, has been a guest. He's, he's a, a wonderful, a, a, a retired federal investigator from the Federal Trade Commission. He now works for um, um, providing consulting for the Better Business Bureau. He's out of the Midwest. But his fraud report is just uh, a, a wonderful tool for people to look at. And it's just full of great information. So I'm looking at the April 30th, 2021, and the top stories he talks about are the coronavirus and the mask. You know, everybody's been told to wear a mask. You have masks. You know, I have my mask. I've got gloves. Uh, We're practicing social distancing here in the studio, so you, you don't see me with a mask on right now. But masks are important. And um, uh, here's a, some headlines. In San Francisco, a, a Michigan man was arrested and charged for selling N95 masks online he never delivered. Now, you know, a lot of people, since they're home, go online to look. 
And this is a notice from the U.S. Attorney's Office from the Northern District of California. Um, and it, the headlines there were, Defendant allegedly runs website, ran website that fraudulently sold but failed to deliver N95 masks to customers. Um, they talk about here that the... Um, uh, the, how the federal government will pursue this. The, the, according to the complaint, the defendant of uh, Muskegon, Michigan, controlled EM General and Michigan Liability Company created in September 2019. EM General operated a website to purport to sell available inventory of antiviral N95 respirator masks. An N95 respirator mask is a particularly uh, f- particulate filtering face uh, piece respirator that meets the U.S. National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health N95 standards for air filtration. Uh, they cover your nose and mouth, and it's a uh, um, it is a, uh, a a a wonderful mask. And I, for the people who are on, who are looking, that uh, we see it. These are kind of what it looks like or a variation of this is an N95 approved mask and these are what what uh, people were looking for especially especially healthcare workers and people like that um, law enforcement or anybody um, the complaint alleged that EM General which is a company this gentleman found through its website falsely claimed to have N95 respirator mask in stock and available for sale and shipment during the shortage caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Based on these and other representations, customers bought masks from the website, sometimes paying um, the EM General more than $40 or more per mask. Wow. Uh, he is The defendant is alleged to have taken several steps to fraudulently uh, make uh, appear to be a legitimate company. They invented a fictional chief executive officer. Um, so this is just one form the way the fraudsters operate, and we'll go into for some more as we'll come back in our next segment of the Safe Senior Hour. And before we uh, come back, I wanted to uh, give kudos to. Uh the Dawson County Sheriff's Department, and particularly the Dawson County Sheriff. Uh, uh, They were called for a wellness check, and um, they uh, performed fantastically, and uh, I'm very appreciative of it, uh, and, uh, you know, would like to just give a shout-out, and actually it happened to be the sheriff that uh, showed up, and... uh, just wanted to give a shout-out and a thank you to the Dawson County, Georgia Sheriff and Sheriff's Department for their help and uh, certainly cooperation and uh, notifying us. And uh, They are super, and we thank them. So with that being said, uh, we'll be back with more of Safe Senior Hour after this. Want to give your family or loved one the perfect gift? Then go online and check out the tornadobodydryer.com. I love mine and the warm heat air massage it gives me after my shower. The Tornado Body Dryer is super. You'll love it 
and you'll love having one in your shop. Season's greetings. I'm Patty LeVan, owner of Multiline Mortgage Services, Inc. Let's talk about reverse mortgages for seniors 62 and older. Reverse mortgages are designed to free up money that seniors can use at their discretion in retirement. Let us help you determine if this program is right for you. We'll help you choose the right lender and walk you through the loan process. Multiline Mortgage Services, your way home. Call us at 941-201-9111 or check out our website at multilinemortgage.com. Company founded by Joseph D. Powers, NMLS 158-989, licensed in Georgia and Florida. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. You know, one other thing that I wanted to bring up, and I thought about it uh, last night as I watched uh, President Trump. I thought President Trump did an outstanding job, didn't dodge any questions, wasn't playing any games, told it like it is. And, um, you know, we got a problem, and uh, like he said, he's discussed it with his son and obviously the First Lady and... uh, I thought all in all, and uh, I had a conference call with a number of other folks right after his uh, uh, interview, and uh, I thought, uh, you know, and we all concurred that, uh, and we're we're not, we had a couple of Democrats on the line, but they also thought that uh, it seems as though in many areas that folks think... uh, you know, we got the the right person in the right place right now. And uh, had it been somebody else doing this, I think they would have. I don't think they could have held up. And uh, as one of my good friends that, that knows President Trump, um, you know, he's he's like the the bunny energizer. He never stops. He's working all the time for his country and his people. And uh, I think he made that quite clear last night. And I just, again, want to give kudos to uh, the president, thank him, and I think everybody should pray for the president and his good health and uh, that we should appreciate what he's done and what he's doing. And, uh, you know, he points out, as we all know, he was the one that stopped travel to China and God knows how many lives he saved by stopping China or travel from China into the United States. So kudos go out, and uh, America's Web Radio supports Donald J. Trump for re-election, and frankly, I don't care who knows it. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome back to the second uh, segment of um, the Safe Senior Hour. And uh, I think you all heard David just give his uh, um, uh, uh, his comments about the president last night, which I certainly concur. But I think what everybody's got to remember, and they say it all the time, the virus doesn't care whether you're 
what race, sex, political party you're in, it affects all of us. And that's why we all have to work together and, and, and beat this, uh, as, uh, um, as he calls it, the plague. But uh, it's just horrible. And, again, when you hear it's in 180, what, 84 countries, you know, it, it, it just it, – it's mind-boggling. And, and I hope – I hope he's right. He was hoping that we could get a vaccine. Everybody's hoping that it could take place. But uh, – we got to fight it now and 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 get this country back on its feet. Uh, and I I personally think we're going to uh, come back uh, stronger than we were. I think this is uh, is really a, a test to uh, as we say the the American way, the American culture. And I and I think we'll come back. Um, I'm going to go back now and and just talk about some of the scams that these people that these people, that these criminals have used against uh, the citizens here trying to take advantage of this uh, coronavirus um, pandemic. And I just talked to you about somebody selling false uh, uh, N95 masks. And now I'm, here's an article that, ca- that comes out of, um, uh, out of New York where... Uh, uh, out of the a TV station in New York, Brooklyn man accused of stealing stimulus checks out of the mailboxes. If you've paid attention to us, we've been telling people, be leery of this. Be leery of scams dealing with it. People see a lot of a lot of money being sent out there, and most of it, I hope, were in a direct deposit to your bank account. That's pretty hard. Then they have to con you. In this case... When they sent stimulus checks, they were hard copies, and they were in the mailbox. And the um, the complaint made, uh, this was against a 31-year-old Brooklyn man accused of stealing at least nine stimulus checks, along with credit cards and other checks, out of mailboxes of homes and apartment buildings in a section of Brooklyn, New York. But according to the complaint and statements made in court, police officers saw the defendant looked into into a medical collection bin at closed medical offices in the morning on April 28th. He then walked to a nearby residence to examine the mail there before walking into the gated area of another apartment building. He appeared to be carrying mail when he left, which he tossed on the sidewalk when he saw the police. The officers saw a large bulge in the defendant's pocket and searched him, allegedly finding stimulus checks worth more than $12,000 along with stolen credit cards, bank checks, open envelopes, and letters with various names and addresses to believe been taken from the mailbox. Um, so I thought that was good. This was, ta- this was an initiative taken by the NYPD um, and, and postal inspectors, and they worked together. And this is what what needs to be done, and and it is being done throughout this country, that you have local, state, and federal law enforcement working together to help you know stop some of these uh, uh, perpetrators from continuing. Uh, let's see here, as we go down the report here. Uh, let's see here. Um, That in India, um, apparently, Ponzi schemes are a famous scheme where you pay off today's 
today you you promised people today but you're paying with money yet to come in um in New Delhi, the world battles, uh, the fraudsters are minting uh, easy money with numerous blessings, uh, loom scams, where gullible people are being lured with the promise of at least eight-fold returns if they pay to enter certain online groups in good faith or for counting their blessings. Uh, this is another scam that somebody has, has thought of and... Um, at the peak of this crisis has left many people jobless and a lot of others within the confines of their homes or work from home. The lure of making some quit bucks have made a large number of people vulnerable to online frauds and complaints and have started pouring in with the Indian authorities as well about getting entites to such scams, which are like age-old pyramid or Ponzi schemes recycled with, with, with a blessing twist. So there's an example that that has happened in India. And again, we stress this. This is happening all over the world here. Um, We have a, um, let's see. uh, We already have here, this is a a case coming out of... um, uh, out of Detroit, Michigan, here in, in 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 the U.S., where a doctor who pushed vitamin what treatment, is um, um, let's see, a forty-seven page complaint. Well, well, I'm sorry, that's the computer here. Travel clothes. Now that is called racketing. He's acting like he discovered it. Have you tried it? Yeah. I don't know how. You Let me try to get out of this here. Sign up today and get cash back on everything you buy. These are surging while marriages go digital. This is your daily radio.com coronavirus update. I'm Linda Lopez. Okay. Scary statistics <laughs> are coming I'm, tra- I'm trying to get this out of here. So, um, documented record high coronavirus case. Okay. I'm uh, sorry about that. But I was there, but I was talking about uh, criminal charges against a doctor that built Medicaid. For vitamins, he prescribed as the virus treatment. Is that over your computer? Yeah, it just stopped. Yeah, it was on. I was pulling it up. Yes. Um, so that that just shows you that that people at all levels are out trying to perpetrate these scams here. The. Um, in the United Kingdom. Warns scammers that uh, uh, warns that scammers are setting up fake um, um, national health site websites to scam people worried about COVID nineteen. Again, this is the importance of showing that this is worldwide, um, and that these fraudsters in the UK are targeting people who are searching for information, like a lot of people are on the computer about COVID-19 with personal details being stolen from the unassuming victims to keep an eye out for the scam and only deal with reputable um, sources and and government um, websites that you know are actually um, real and uh, and that you have hunted and found here. So it's uh, again. If there's a will, there's a way on on these people all over. Um, 
in Pakistan. Um, three Nigerians were arrested for uh, online fraud dealing with the um, f- for defrauding people concerning with scams dealing with um, the virus. So it happens everywhere. Um, and so I think our, our message is, you know, if it's too good to be true, you know, it, it, it isn't true. You know, remember that. So with that, you know, we've covered some of the frauds. Hopefully we'll, we've got some other ones we can talk about. But everybody, be aware out there and be, be alert. With that, we'll uh, end this session, this section of the uh, segment of the Safe Senior Hour with Joe Gavallis. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome back to the third segment uh, of the Safe Senior Hour with Joe Gavallis. Remember that elder abuse doesn't report itself, and and we talk about elder abuse as uh, physical, financial, and institutional. And today we're kind of focusing on two two topics uh, all kind of related to the coronavirus uh, situation that's affecting not only the United States but the whole world. And uh, we've just been going over some of the frauds and scams that are going on. And with more people at home not working and being on the Internet, the scammers are having a, a field day, the fraudsters. And um, we're seeing more and more of people being um, – uh, surf, surf, surfing the internet and looking for uh, uh, things to occupy themselves or for deals, you know. And the um, uh, scams that we see normally that that you know that happen, we're starting to see more and more of. For example, romance scams um, that are taking place. People have a lot of time on their hands. And they're sitting there, and they're listening, and uh, you know they're they're trying to trying to find out, you know, well maybe maybe I can find something interesting here. Oh, this looks interesting. Maybe I'll answer this. It'll be on a Facebook or something like that. So um, it's a, uh, a a a time that the uh, perpetrators 
look at and say, oh, my God, I think I have it. This, this is like a field day for us. Because they're not out there trying to be to to do the right thing. They're out there to get your money and try to uh, uh, take advantage of you or anybody else that they know uh, concerning that. Um, actually, we we've we've done this before, and I'm going to reiterate it again. I just saw another website that some. These are the romance scam scripts. And remember, romance scams are people want to, it's one of the few scams where they don't want you to do something immediately. What they want you to do is gain your favor, gain your your respect, gain your love. They go through all these things that, that they think is very important. And they'll they'll give themselves, you know, four to seven weeks, eight weeks in order to do that. So they're not rushing you to do anything. But they wanna they wanted to, to bring you in and to realize that you become a part of them. And the and the scripts are given out to people who are on these phone banks that just sit in these Rooms and they have telephones and computers, and they just sit there and they call all these people where they get these lists. And the lists might come from dating sites, they might come from uh, Facebook issues. There's all sorts of places, and they check. and And the scripts are are and and the people who might have been victims already. You'll listen to some of these things I'm about to read, and you'll say. Boy, that happened to me. I, I, I was talking to a, uh, a a gentleman who got picked up, and he said, "That's exactly." These are some of the words they exactly used to him. So these scripts are used by scammers to perpetrate catfishing and romance frauds. Catfishing is just the way you go out and try to get people, um, better terms, sucked in and bring them on board here. And these are these scripts were cited as evidence in the trial of a gentleman who was sentenced to 27 years in prison for mail fraud, wire fraud, conspiracy, and interstate extortion. And the script goes like this. And they go formats, one through five. And I'm going to, there's a whole bunch of them. But one through five, they're telling the, the, perp, the perpetrator, okay, are to be used on the dating site. It, and they say, one, if you are the first to email her, this is obviously for, a, well, it doesn't have to be a male, for who, who the victim believes is a male. Um, these are some of the, the lines that you should be using. Wow, you spark up my entire thinking facility. I am ready to stop searching. And who knows, the rose in my heart could be yours. And then they tell you to laugh out loud. Drop a note and email address, and I'll reply instantly. Just you may wish to email me too. My email is da 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 da, um, and then say you're on my mind, and they say just make up a name. In this case, it was Ben. Um, but if you see that the person has a lovely profile but has no pictures. The perpetrators are told to honestly, you have a, to use this line. Honestly, you have a very lovely profile, and I wish I, I wish I could just see your picture. There is this feeling that tells me you are as beautiful as your profile. 
though what matters is the internal beauty, but I would still like to see your picture. Kindly send me one to my Gmail account at I'm interested in getting known more about you. Cheers, Ben. Okay, three. If she sends you a a wink or email first, send this. Um, and put down your subject. Hello, my 101% match. Hey, how are you doing today? Wow, was the first thing I said when I went through your picture profile. She didn't send a picture of the profile. I wonder why a woman like you is still single. Perhaps all the men around you are blind and you're to laugh out loud. I think we are probably looking for real stuff on here. Um, we can hook up and hopefully be wonderful soulmates. A little about myself. Hmm. It's no doubt I am a very nice man, and when people meet me, they sense it before long. I love epic uh, movies because I love adventure stories of the ancient times and anything related to real-life stories. Family is what I cherish more in life because family is, is that that holds the present and the future generations to come. Blood is certainly thicker than water. I love family a lot. The wise saying that if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. By all means, keep moving. Seems the best saying in my world. And that's why I never look back. Well, the only thing lagging my life now is that lovely woman that will follow me to my dreamland. I believe only those who, who, who seek her finds. And that is why... I want to get to know you. I prefer direct mail because I don't want to come on this site all the time. Kindly email me on my Yahoo account, your email address. Sometimes we are dumbfounded to find answers, love-related matters, because love is beyond human thinking. It's a, nature, it's a natural thing from God himself. Hope to hear from you, Ben. Well, there's an example. What I read is somebody sitting there who is reading a script, and you can imagine what some people are listening to when they hear this. They're, 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 you know, it's, they're, they're a heck of an actor, and they sit there, and somebody sees this or reads it when it's you know, typed out. It, um, uh, at this point, we're sending emails or um or we're going, they're going through a, a dating service deal, or they're going through a Facebook posting. Um, well, a lot of times a person will answer and say, well, what about the distance? Well, you know, um, like, where are you, and how far are you away from where I live? That's what the victim says. Well, I do believe it's too early to discuss distance, because... Wherever I find my love is where I would live for the rest of my life. If you find a, wick, a wicked love close to you and a true love far away, I bet you would wait for the true love to come rather than go for the close wicked love that will end up hurting your feelings. True love knows no bounds, distance, nor limit. It doesn't need a map either because uh, it will always find its way. There's something in me that wants to continue with you and your information. This is my time on the dating site in my whole life, my first time on the, on the dating night. We should get to know each other and see where life leads. I am mature enough, and I know what I want in life. I mean, I'm looking for a relationship that would be my last to my dying days. 
I got a million words to say to you, but I would prefer a better communications via personal emails as I wouldn't like to come on a dating site all the time. I am a one-woman man, so I'd rather get going with you alone. Looking forward to your response. Cheers. Forget, I'm reading a script that this person reads to, you know, hundreds of people, if not thousands of people, by their, by their, their organized group. And that's what they are. They're organized criminals that perpetrate these scams. And that's what they're looking for. They're looking to do that. And it's so sad. It's so sad. But people listen to it and they, you know, or read it and they believe it. Um, and so they come back, well, what if somebody replies, and again, I'm reading from the script, but is unwilling to release uh, her email? So they have an answer for that. They say, hi. Your quick response has really made my day, and I'm so happy about it. Each time I log on this site, I see over 10 new women winking, but I really don't like because I'm a one-woman man. I hate cheats. I've never done that in my my whole days of living. Please, if you can help me stop coming to this site, I would so much appreciate. I've got a million words to say to you but not any more on this site. Kindly email me at my Gmail account or give me your email. Looking forward to hearing from you. Well, they have an answer. She still doesn't give her email. And so um, they say, you know, I'm just skipping down here. Phone is good, but email is better because email has a a reference while phone does not. When you read messages, you can go back there any time in the future and read it all over again. But phone calls allow words to disappear into the air. Don't get me wrong. I would love to hear from your voice, but I think it's better we start this way, looking forward. <laughs> they go down to the next next item. When the email starts... Once you have her email, make sure this is the first thing you send to her. But if she emails you to your personal email first, proceed to um, um, to the Facebook uh, topic. Ben from our our time. Hi, Angel. I'm so excited to, to read from you so soon. Remember, this is your response to her email. Please confirm you received this message so I could send more about me. I'm looking for my second half, a woman to spend the remaining seconds of my life with, waiting to hear from you. Smiles. Um, Ben, please keep in touch. Cheers. I'm so happy to read from you, most importantly, to know we are both looking for the same thing. Where do I start? And this goes on and on and on about... Uh, talking to this victim who has now given up her emails to this gentleman who she knows is Ben and Ben could be a she could be several people who are answering these things so um, uh, it goes on the script is just pages after pages um so now it gets back to the to the interesting point. It says, um, "Hello, wonderful angel. I really appreciate this consistent communication, and I would say it with a sign of will. 
And I tell you, wherever there's a will, there's a win. I appreciate every word in your response. Thank you so much for your uh, uh, condolences. Life is full of miseries and ironies. That's the most important thing, our willingness to stand. I believe we both know love is not a destination but a journey, and this is a journey that takes two um, and goes on. I really need to see your face, not the, the beauty part, but the depth of your soul. As I could remember as a kid, I was a very cute one. I laugh out loud, but whom many bullies would target, but only to realize there is a tough side of me. And he goes on and on. It's all about a picture. He's trying to get a picture from you. So be careful. And again, he ends it. Look forward to your email. Still smiling then. Um, and then they go into um, uh, from another email um, about how busy you are and uh, writing to this woman. And this is from Ben. You already make me feel like the luckiest man on earth. I will write you again first thing when I'm free because I'll be thinking of you. My dream is to travel to all the beautiful places and see the wonders in the world with my woman. I can't wait to be on the London eye side, side by side with my woman, to be in Paris, to see my mother and, uh, and all its beauty in the gorgeous Sydney, Australia, and the beautiful Bahamas once again, in Dubai. Meeting you and hopefully starting a new life with you is the surest thing. Just be patient. I will be retired in only a few weeks. Again, sending smiles, Ben. Again, we all have to remember we're just reading. We're reading scripts. There is no meaning. There's no deep love. There's nothing in here. This is what it happens. This is how bad it is. So please, please be careful if you're out there and you people are in a internet relationship. Please be careful. Because there are people out there looking to try to to um, um, to con you, and and their goal is to get your money. So you know, I I don't know what more to say. It's uh, um, we'll go on because they have even more uh, choices here, and um, uh, you know, this is sad. So we'll go on. We'll be taking a. Uh, a break from our, our third segment here of the um, Safe Senior Hour, and we'll be coming back, and hopefully we'll be going back to um, talking more about, you know, what's happening about with this coronavirus issues and dealing with um, uh, not just frauds anymore, but dealing with issues uh, about long-term care with our guest uh, who will be on the line at, when we uh, have our break here. So with that, I will uh, um, close our uh, segment, and um, and um, we'll be back shortly. Oh, oh, okay. So um, we're gonna we're gonna just move right in to our uh, segment with uh, Melanie. Are you on, Melanie? Hey, Joe. Hey, I'm Melanie. Hear you? Yep. Good. Can you hear me now? Is that good? How's that? Well, let me just jump in. I hope your listeners can hear me. Yep. I know we were we were talking earlier this morning about what 
residents and families can do if there isn't enough staff or even what staff can do if staff get a call I mean if staff are in a building and in that one instance you described Joe there was only one CNA in the building correct first of all you can call the ombudsman program so in any state you can call your ombudsman program and again to find that if you'll go to www.nasop.org you can find a way to find your state ombudsman Call your state ombudsman's office. Let them know that there, you know, there isn't staff. The ombudsman then, in the field, would call the facility and talk to the administrator. And sometimes our ombudsman representatives can even call administrators after hours, so they they have the ability in some cases to do that and find out, you know, what's actually happening and do they need help and what are they doing to get help. But anyone can also call their licensing and certification division in their state. And so when you call your ombudsman, the ombudsman can tell you who that is. In Georgia, if that happens in Georgia, you can call the Healthcare Facility Regulation Division of the Department of Community Health. And they similarly have the ability to get a hold of the administrative staff, find out what's happening, and help the facility then figure out You know, what can they do to get staff there right away? One of the things we noticed is for those facilities in Georgia that have had 10 or more deaths in the buildings, frequently they've had lots of staff sick. And so if they're not coming to work because they're sick, which they should not be coming to work, of course that leads to a problem of not having enough staff. And so unfortunately with this pandemic, I don't think we've ever had anything quite like this where we just don't even have enough staff, you know, and so we're calling in folks that wouldn't ordinarily be working in nursing homes or other long-term care facilities because we just work, you know, doing the best we can, but absolutely should be reported because resident safety is of utmost importance and you can't keep residents safe if you don't have the staff to do it. No, I, I concur. Uh, can, can you hear me? I can't hear you. Okay, good. I mean, one of the cases we're looking at is they have 89 people as a resident. 26 have shown positive. These are from the state of Georgia um, uh, publications that they're putting out basically daily. And I think every state should be doing this around the country. Um, I'm not sure if they do, but I'm sure somewhere somebody's complying it. But in this residence, uh, this long-term resident uh, location. There were 89 residents, 26 residents were positive, but 22 staff people were positive, and they've already had 15 deaths. I don't know what the report today will show. That That is kind of sad, and it is that is that was one of the locations where they had issues with staffing, just like uh, uh, Melanie said. And, and just to give Melanie a, you know, Melanie is the state of Georgia uh, long-term care ombudsman, and she was a past president of her association. So she's very familiar with with um, issues that are happening all around the country and obviously particularly Georgia. So I thank you, Melanie, for coming on. I know you've been a guest. And, and, and I know people are very concerned about their loved ones. And I, and I started the show by saying I talked to two women who had not seen their loved ones in a long-term care home um, for, I think, eight eight weeks, nine weeks. So um, any suggestions on how they can interact or what's your 
thought about trying to they're they're concerned about their loved ones sure well and let me just follow up uh one other thing when you mentioned that some states may not be reporting and i think that's true up until now some states haven't been reporting but the centers for medicare and medicaid services put out a directive last week that nursing homes at least the nursing homes are supposed to be reporting to their uh, to a state official but also to residents and families and so there should be more information available across the country pretty soon. But as far as communicating with loved ones, <clears throat> some facilities have taken a very restrictive position about whether families can even come to the building and look through the windows. Hmm. But that should be available because CMS originally said to facilities, yes, you can keep visitors out, but you must help residents stay in communication with their loved ones, their friends, whomever, with the outside right. world. And so uh, across the country, call your ombudsman. If, if as a family or as a friend of a resident, someone who's concerned about residents, the ombudsman representative can help do the advocacy with the facility to at least let you come to the premises and see your loved one through a window, whether it's the window of the room where they live or whether it's a a different window in the facility. I know one facility here in Georgia had a a room that wasn't being used, and they've designated it for a visit room. So you could go, a resident can go to that room, just that one resident, go to that room, look out the window, see their loved one. Of course, you'd want to arrange, you know, times, which I think across the country, you know, you'll want to see if you can arrange a time to go visit with your loved one if they don't have easy access to a window. But you should be able to have conversation with your loved one that's in a facility. And so, yeah, reach out to your ombudsman for sure because they should be able to facilitate, help facilitate that interaction. Right. I, I, I think it's an interesting point. I started the show off reading an, from an article of U.S. News and World Report where, and, and again, I said the, the statistics are different, and I know people – are, and, and they're constantly changing. But they reported, I believe, 16,000 deaths of not only residents, but residents and staff at these long-term care homes or maybe nursing homes. And that's, that, that is just mind-boggling. And so we all need to work together, and that's why your loved ones are being um, what sheltered in place, to say a better word. I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's for their protection and protection of other people in the in the facility and your protection. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much why you know. I mean, isn't it? I think it's they're they're pretty much that's the only way they can control it in these long term care things is is basically shut it down, right? Right. Well, and especially because we have had a lack of personal protective equipment, and so. You, so the listeners might be thinking, well, in other times you can visit people who have, you know, difficult uh, illnesses or contagious illnesses, but you can still visit with them. That's when we have, you know, personal protective equipment. Right. But we, there's a shortage. And so that's another reason that in trying to protect the residents and the staff and also protect each of us who might want to visit, that that's the reason to not allow the in-person visits right now because we don't have enough personal protective equipment to assure our safety, well, everybody's well, safety. Well, I, I think people have to be reminded, and, and I constantly am, and, and, and again, I can't thank you enough, you and your associates, for coming on the show. 
is that the ombudsman, uh, the long-term care ombudsman program, which is in every state, these are there to assist you, your families, and the loved ones that are dealing these long-term care facilities. And and they are are there as an advocate. They're not there. They're not there. They're not law enforcement. They're not regulatory people. They're there to help you. And if you want help, they can find it. Is that a fair representation? Yes. Yes. We're there to to try and help. We can't solve all the problems. Nobody can solve all the problems. But our ombudsman representative have lots of resources that you might not think are available you might know about you might not know about them and so ombudsman representatives are there to to advocate on behalf of the residents and do what we can to you know during this really difficult time trying to make sure that people have residents have access to their families and families similarly you know have a chance to talk to their loved ones and and and, and let's emphasize again if we could melanie that these are basically confidential conversations with the the with the, the people you're talking to unless they allow you to pass this on formally. Right. Isn't that correct? Is that right, a exactly. fair representation? So it's somebody yes, you can talk to and, and without being have to worry about, well, I'm going to be on a report somewhere and somebody, at least, you know, you might want to report it. They might say this is the best way to do it and you might agree. But please, please use the facilities of the ombudsman. I, I I think you have such a wonderful program, and and I hope people. And it's not just the not just the people in the residence; it's their families, right? Right now, we're doing what we can to help families. Our focus is on residents, but you know, to the extent that we're all somewhat in the dark, families should be calling and asking if we can provide assistance. And we will, to the extent that we can. If the resident will allow us, we will absolutely do what we can to help. Well, I can't thank you enough. We're, we're about to end this uh, the, the, the show for today, but hopefully to have you back on. I hope we can address this this uh, this virus. And, and with that, uh, Melanie, thank you for coming on. And again, uh, to our, uh, our listeners, we'll be back on next Monday at uh, 10 o'clock uh, to uh, 11 o'clock with the Safe Senior Hour with Joe Gavallis. You all stay safe and healthy. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.